Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. You're listening to BGN Radio. Why would you listen to any other Eagles <laughs> podcast with John Stolmus and Brandon Lee Gowler? Welcome into BGN Radio. This is episode 78, brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host today, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. And joining me today to break down these 53 man cuts is the supreme leader of BGN. He is Brandon Lee Gowton. Follow him on Twitter at Brandon Gowton. BLG, how you doing, brother? Mike, that's my official title, so I'm glad you referred to me by that <laughs> supreme leader. Um, I'm excited, no man. This is a this is a fun time, right? The roster cuts are over. Uh, it sucks for the players who obviously got cut, but it's fun as you know an observer of this team to be like, all right, this is the team. One week, Washington. Yeah. Here we go. Let's do it. And what we're going to do is we're going to be talking about all of this stuff, all of this stuff with the tra- the trade with Jadavion Clowney. We'll get into LaShawn Le- Le- McCoy. We're going to go position by position for the Eagles talking about this 53-man roster cut down, and then we'll hit under things as we get to those different positions. So let's just dive right into it, man, because the Eagles are going to, in fact, keep three quarterbacks, Carson Wentz, Josh McCown, Nate Sudfeld. Bad news for my take that Clayton Thorson is in fact Peyton Manning. Zero context needed there. I meant what I said. But Clayton Thorson likely to go to the practice squad and probably clears waivers. Anything stand out to you there for the Eagles? I mean, it's just unfortunate. Again, we've said it already, Mike, but uh, you know, the Eagles having only five picks in this year's draft class and one of them, one of them being a guy, you know, who's not going to be on the roster and just isn't very good. And honestly, like, I don't want him on the practice squad in the sense of I feel like there's probably better developmental quarterbacks. Hello, Alex Magoo, please yep. come on down. You're the next <laughs> contestant on the That's practice right. squad is right. Um, I, I would love to have him. That's probably not going to happen. The realistic <laughs> thing is that Thorson will be the practice squad quarterback. I don't think he's in danger of getting claimed. But yeah, they're probably going to keep him on the practice squad, unfortunately. So that's a bummer. There's also guys like Brett Rippon, who I potted the table for during the pre-draft process, and he just got cut by the Broncos. There's some quarterbacks out there, man. So we'll see if the Eagles Eagles are like likely to stick to their guns with Thorson. They saw something in them when they drafted him, so they're likely to stick with him. Let's talk about running back, because we got a lot of lot to talk about here. They kept four as we thought that they would. Miles Sanders, the second round rookie, Jordan Howard, who they acquired in the offseason in a trade, Darren Sproles, who they brought back later on in the process, and then Corey Clement, the UDFA. So a lot of different rookies roads to the Eagles roster for these guys. But major news, LaShawn McCoy has been cut from the Buffalo Bills. Look, I think he's uh, might be a little over past his prime, but you know there's going to be a group of fans that are going to be clamoring for a reunion. What about you, BLG? Yeah, I mean, it's, it makes sense. This is your Eagles all-time leading rusher. You know, it's, yeah. it's LaShawn McCoy. Uh, you're obviously going to, you know, ask the question at the very least of does this make sense? And I don't think it really does. For the Eagles, given their situation, given the backs they have, which I think they all like, and given the fact that LaShawn McCoy is now 31 years old, he had 3.2 yards per carry last year, 3.9 yards per touch. So if you factor in his receiving and all of that, he ranked uh, 55th out of 56 running backs in yards after contact Oof. per rushing attempt. 
not good. And then he was 48th among 56 running backs in PFF's elusive rating. These stats mm-hmm. come courtesy of Evan Silva, who tweeted those out, um, friend of the show, of course. Yep. So, yeah, I, I just probably think Shady probably doesn't have it anymore. Now, I will say there was a report that the Eagles tried to reacquire LeSean McCoy back during the 2017 offseason. Mm-hmm. And then there was even a report as recently as last year that the Eagles reached out to the Bills about Shady's availability. I feel like the Eagles were in a lot different yes. of a spot then. <laughs> that That is the key difference. But I will note those because that shows how Roseman has had an interest in bringing yep. Shady back. Like, you never say never. Again, he's the franchise's all-time leading rusher. They still haven't given his number 25 jersey number away since he's been away from the team. But... Like if I had to put a percent chance on it happening, you know, I'm down at like ten percent. Like I, I just don't see it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I don't think it makes sense. I don't see it either, and I don't think it's going to happen. But we'll keep an eye on it. And this is also bad news for any hives out there, whether it be Josh Adams or Fly sixty four <laughs> with his Wendell Smallwood hive. Or... I appreciate the commitment, man. I mean, he was committed. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> that Fly sixty four is the best thing about the Smallwood hive. I, I really appreciate him sticking to his guns on Twitter. So unfortunate to see Smallwood go. I'm not going to celebrate it, but I do think it was the right move. Uh, also, Danelle Pumphrey. Sorry about that, Ben. Uh, Boston Scott, another one. He's got some supporters. So Eagles only keeping four. I think they kept the right four, and I think that's kind of what we expected the entire time. Let's move on to wide receiver. Well, I'll say one thing about the running yeah. backs. It's like I think we need to put this in perspective. Like these were the Eagles' two leading rushers last year. Like how insane <laughs> is that? How crazy is that? Like how and how crazy is it? Is it just like yeah, they were obvious cuts, which they were. Like like think about how much the Eagles' running back has changed. Just the fact yeah. that Josh Adams and Wendell Smallwood combined for 875 rushing yards last season, and they're your two leading rushers, and now they're just gone. And it's definitely the right move. It's just just to put that in perspective, and just like be thankful that yeah. the Eagles are in the spot they are now as opposed to last year. Yeah, and that dovetails nicely with what we were saying with LaShawn McCoy as well. And looking at the wide receivers, they're keeping five. Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, Nelson Aguilar, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, and Mac Hollins. I do want to throw in a note that apparently the Texans are looking for a wide receiver. We'll see if uh, this ages itself when we when we put that out there. I'm wondering if maybe they're interested in Aguilar, who's on a one-year contract. So that would be interesting. But right now, they're keeping five. That means that Greg Ward, Agadosi, and other guys like that will, will not make the roster or anything notable there from UBLG. Yeah, I mean, everyone's going to, you know, talk about, oh, why didn't they keep Greg Ward on the 53-man roster? And can we just calm down with that a little bit, please? (laughs) Because this is a guy who had a nice summer. I will not deny that. And I don't dislike Greg Ward by any means, but he doesn't need to be on this team. Like, is it really going to make much of a difference? Is Greg Ward really, like, that much better than any other six receiver? And here's the other thing that, like, is kind of crazy to me why people complain about him. Like, he got to the practice squad the last two years when they cut him. I would put make, make a very reasonable bet that he will be on the practice squad again this year if yep. the Eagles want to bring him back. So, like, mm-hmm. let's just, you know, see how that goes there. And Matt Collins, like, people kind of laugh off or kind of don't put stock or whatever into the special teams thing. I mean, your fifth receiver isn't playing on offense. He's playing on special teams. So right. Matt Collins is good at that. And Matt Collins did show some offensive upside in 2017 as a rookie. He absolutely did. He averaged like over 14 yards per catch. And that's what he did in college too. He was kind of a big play guy. He wasn't a high volume guy, but he was like uh, an efficient target when he was targeted. And he did show some deep ability and even showed that in practices this year. Now, against the Ravens, uh, he wasn't catching them, which is an <laughs> issue. But at least he like was getting open. So yeah. I, I just don't subscribe to this idea like that Matt Collins is suddenly like this total bum who sucks. Like I, I, I feel like that's going around and I think that's just too negative and I don't think it's giving him enough credit. So uh, no real surprises there. I will you know mention that Mark and Michelle 
also seemed to be kind of in the mix, but he mm-hmm. got cut in the first wave on Friday night. So uh, we'll see if a guy like Michelle or Ward, I guess I'm guessing it'll be Ward, uh, will end up sticking on the practice squad. Yeah, and Howie has talked about this with wide receivers. It's it's really a longer process with them to develop them. And Hollins has kind of been robbed that chance via injury. So maybe he can turn into something. But right now he gives Dave Phipp immediate return on investment on special teams. So there is something there with that. The weird one is tight end. They are only going... With two, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard. Now, uh, what this means for me, BLG, and I'll see if you agree, is that they're going to pick up a waived tight end that someone is trying to stash on a practice squad or maybe another veteran out there, and someone else will have to come off the roster for that. So this roster isn't final final because they can't just go in to week one with two tight ends. Would you agree with that? Yeah, uh, so they definitely can't go into the regular season with just two tight ends. I mean, that's crazy. (laughs) If you're going to run, you know... uh, 12 12 personnel (laughs) yeah Yeah. and someone gets hurt right away okay well then you can't do it um yeah yeah, i I don't think they plan to go into the regular season with just two even like they love to have special teams tight ends like they love guys who can like richard rogers and even josh perkins in the past like they love to put tight ends on special teams and use those guys so i definitely think they'll be looking to add someone here um i think was the name charles scarf the ravens cut that could be a guy the (laughs) is is he a guy Charles he is a Scarf? guy. Yeah, he is a guy. All right. Uh, he used to play uh, Delaware. Um, he's a Lancaster native. He had some oh. nice moments in the uh, Eagles-Ravens joint practices, so I wonder, you know, maybe that caught their eye. The Ravens are deep at tight end, so that would make sense exactly. that they would have a better one to let go of. Exactly. Yeah, so that could be something they look at. Some people, I think, have mentioned Luke Wilson, you know, mm. formerly of what, uh, the Seahawks, and I think mm-hmm. the Raiders just cut him. I think, like, that's a, a position, third tight end, where you can just find a perfectly cromulent, like, guy who can, like, <laughs> block you know he probably is not really much of a receiver but he can block and like he can play special teams like i think that's something like those guys are dime a dozen you can find those guys kind of anywhere so i think uh that's what they'll do they'll either see what shakes out in the waiver you know because it's it's hard to like figure out right because you're you're putting a waiver claim in but you're the eagles are 25th in the order so you know a lot of other teams have to pass on them so they'll see what they can get out of that but also a lot of other teams don't necessarily need like a third tight end so so we'll see how that shakes out um i'm sure they'll add someone um, they could always bring back Josh Perkins, like if they couldn't find anyone else, you know, that's yeah. an option for them. But yeah, and I, and I think Alex Ellis should slash will make the practice squad. Yeah, I think so too. Me and Ben really liked his preseason, so we'll keep an eye on that. If anything drops, of course, Bleeding Green Nation will be on the story, and we'll talk about it here on this network. Let's move to the offensive line. They are keeping a total of 10 at offensive tackle, you've got Jason Peters, Lane Johnson, Andre Dillard, and Jordan Mailata. At offensive guard, Brandon Brooks, Isaac Siamalu, Halapuli Vativatai, Matt Pryor sticks, which is interesting. And then also at center, Jason Kelsey and Nate Herbig. And there's a name that I left off there that's interesting that I think we all, all were saying here was a potential cut, and that is St- Stefan Wisniewski. So what do you think about the way that this offensive line shook out? Was it kind of what you thought it was going to be, especially with the money that they can save from cutting Wiz? Yeah, I didn't expect Wiz to make this team. That's going to be obviously one of the bigger it's really the arguably the most noteworthy cut on the team. I mean, this mm. guy started for them when they won the Super Bowl two years ago, <laughs> and he was starting for this team as recently at the as the beginning of last season. So, like, I get it. It's been clear. Like, if you've been listening to BGN Radio, if you've been listening to Bleeding Green Nation or reading BleedingGreenNation.com, you've seen that Wiz has really struggled this summer. Uh, he he'd been demoted from his second team center role. So basically, that shows the team really only views him as a guard. 
And why are you keeping a guard? Now, this is like what, basically what the Eagles did with Tans Wormack uh, in the past. Like, why are you keeping this guard who can only play guard and you don't, and you're overpaying him, basically? Mm-hmm. Like, the Eagles saved $1.58 million and only 250k in dead money by cutting wins. Like, that's a no-brainer to me. And also, like, he could still be out there if they want to bring him back at some point, like after week one or whenever. Like, Wiz was a free agent until May this year. Like, teams aren't clamoring after this guy. So if you want to bring him back, you can probably bring him back. And if they might not want to, because, again, he can't play center, clearly, and he hasn't been good. I think it was clear, you know, once we saw the Eagles shift Wiz over and they really put Nate Herbig, who we need to have a conversation about here. Uh, I know yeah. Ben really loves him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's an interesting one because, you know, he was undrafted rookie free agent. He did receive the biggest signing bonus tied with TJ Edwards, who also makes the team we'll talk about later. Uh, so that's not a total shocker in that sense. I think the Eagles see Herbig as a guy they can develop. I think Jeff Stoutland specifically, like he is super young. Uh, I was talking about this with you, Mike, and then yeah. in the BGN Slack. He could be my son. He could be your son. He's only 21 years old and he turned 21 in July. That's crazy. Like he was 20 <laughs> for OTAs and stuff. I didn't even yeah. realize that. So um, really young guy. I guess they like his potential. We'll see if he becomes anything, but like they can see the package with him. I guess the other noteworthy things of that position would be, you know, Mylotta isn't hurt seriously enough where they would put him on RIR. He's mm-hmm. had that back injury. And then they kept Matt Pryor, which I always thought they were going to do, even though he didn't really have the best summer. So, I mean, this is a team that we know, Mike, like values the trenches a lot. So not surprising at all to me. They kept 10. Look, Nate Herbig makes the Eagles roster at the tender age of 21. What are you doing with your life. And what are the Houston Texans doing? We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the defensive side of the ball for the Eagles as well when we come back from break. That's coming up next here on Bleeding Green Nation. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. Writer's block. Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. We are back here on Bleeding Green Nation. This is BGN Radio, episode 78, brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation, of course. Michael Kist here with Brandon Lee Gowton. We're talking 53-man roster cutdowns. Let's get right to the defensive end position and we're going to have to talk some clowny wrapped into this as well so they're going to keep the eagles are six defensive ends which is a little bit surprising to me but but i get it brandon graham Derek barnett vinnie curry those are going to be your main rotation right there deshaun hall winner of me well i'm dubbing him the winner and i'm creating this award for bgn the deshaun hall of fame award for excellence in preseason performance also josh sweat sticks and sharif miller makes it as well so they go ahead and stick with the fourth rounder a little bit of a developmental project raw type of guy maybe a little bit undersized but miller does stick on the roster as well now blg Do you want to talk about that, or do you want to talk about why Howie doesn't care about winning the Super Bowl because he did not trade for Jadavion Clowney? Well, he fell asleep at the wheel, just like (laughs) Howie Roseman always does. He's never in any trade rumors. You know, (laughs) it's not like he's made the most trades of any executive in the league since 2010. I mean, you know, this guy just never on the phones. (laughs) He forgot honestly, and I was like, "Oh crap!" You know, Jadavion Clowney was available. I just I didn't know. Yeah. Jokes aside, this is what I think we all here, really at BGN Radio, have been saying for a while now. Like. 
the, the clowning thing was never a real thing. Like people in the media, you know, I think we're making it seem like, you know, it's this real thing. Like that's going to happen. Or like there's like this 60% or it's like, like likely chance. It was never like that. Like the Eagles were clearly not interested. Charles Robinson laid that out. I tweeted about that yesterday. And he had been saying that all along. And it just, it didn't make sense from the culture fit. And, and I'm, I'm not just talking about like the concerns about his motor or whatever, but I'm talking about like the locker room fit too. And like what that does when you uh, bring in him and all of a sudden like Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett, like, okay, what's their role? So uh, altogether, I just, I didn't think it made sense. Now, are the Eagles a better team with Davion Clowney on it? Sure. But it's, it's just not that simple. And also, He's, he would have taken a huge hit, you know, out of their cap space that they're counting on to roll over for next year. So I just didn't think it fit. It never seemed like a real thing to me. And sure enough, it wasn't. Because if it was, I'm sure Howie Roseman could have beat the price of a third round pick in 2020 <laughs> and Barkevius Mingo and Josh Martin, whoever the hell that guy is. So yeah. if, if Howie wanted to make this deal happen, he could have, he would have, and he didn't. And there it is. Also, Clowney was driving that bus because he nixed a trade with the Dolphins per reports. And and look at this. I've got a blockbuster coming into my ear, a.k.a. my Twitter feed. Uh, this is from Ian Rappaport. Blockbuster. The Dolphins are trading franchise left tackle Laramie Tunsil and uh-huh. wide receiver Kenny Stills to oh the Texans in exchange for a huge package of picks, including a first rounder. Sources tell me, Mike Garofalo and Tom Pelissero, the moves are contingent on players passing physicals. So the Texans actually get the deal done for the guy that they wanted with Laramie Tunsil. It does not involve Jadavion Clowney. What a weird, weird day in this the is NFL. perfect timing. <laughs> I don't think we could have timed this any better. Like, we're literally talking about Clowney and the Texans, and they make this trade. That is... That is amazing. So they're going to be shipping off a ton of picks because apparently what the rumor was is that it was Clowney and a first rounder to the Dolphins for Laramie Tunsil. And the Dolphins said, we need more. So the Texans came back with a worse player in Kenny Stills and said, here's a first. And then apparently there's going to be some more picks along with that. You wonder if maybe it's like a future first round pick. I don't know. I'm just I'm just I'm wondering and guessing out loud right now. But they must have given a boatload like the NFL at this point. I don't know what the Texans are doing. I'm glad that they got a left tackle. I'm a Deshaun Watson fan. I'm glad they got somebody to protect him because that tackle situation is bad. They allowed the Eagles to to leapfrog them in the draft and take and, uh, Andre Dillard, which was just malpractice on their part. I mean, the guy had a crushed lung last year and couldn't fly. So uh, Deshaun Watson is going to be better protected. But my goodness, man, I don't know. Uh, th- this is such a wild day for the Texans. I feel like the NFL is going to like do some hostile takeover and say, you either have to have a GM or we will appoint you one because this is just insane. Do you have any extra thoughts for as you catch up on the timeline here of what is going on with the Texans? I mean, it really does remind me of when Chip was running the Eagles, honestly. <laughs> like, it, doesn't it, though? Doesn't yeah, it really it does. feel the same? It feels yeah. like like this guy clearly isn't qualified to be a GM. The Texans don't even have a fake GM. Like, like Chip Kelly was like at least like a fake GM. Uh, and and they had Ed Manowitz or whatever, but like this is just I don't know, man. Like this 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 is not good. Uh, if, I think if you're a Texans fan, a team that already very much seemed to me like such a uh, a team to regress after like barely winning a bunch of games last year against bad teams, like this is this has just disaster written all over it to me, yeah. in my opinion. 
And I'm, I'm shocked that the Dolphins let go of Tunsil, so it must be a very enticing package. Of course, we'll probably learn the details of that after the fact, after we're done recording here. But I guess we worked through the edge group right there, so that, that was a fun. A little bit. I want to I say a couple <laughs> more ahead. things. Um, yeah. Just that, you know, it's it's awesome they kept Deshaun Hall. Uh, yep. You gave him an award, that very prestigious award <laughs> that you didn't make up at all, Mike. Um, <laughs> Howie Roseman had a, an amazing quote, or well, I think a pretty interesting quote about Deshaun Hall. He said he was like, I think the exact quote was, I don't know that there was a better young defensive end in the NFL this preseason than Deshaun Hall. Like that's, that's, I mean, he, he led the NFL in sacks, so that's not yeah. like the boldest thing to say, but still like that's pretty, you know, that's effusive praise. I think that's, uh, I think that shows you that Deshaun Hall is going to get some kind of playing time this year. And yeah. he certainly wasn't saying that about Josh Sweat, by the way. Um, I mean, I was telling Ben this. I, I, the way that the preseason went and the and camp went, like Deshaun Hall looked like to me, like if there's edge four snaps out there, Hall is getting first cracks at them. He better. Uh, he's been awesome. <laughs> and, and then, uh, you know, so you have Sweat as a fifth, and then Miller. Like, I guess we'll see what kind of happens there. Think back to 2017 when the Eagles kept Pumphrey and everyone was rightfully mad about that because he didn't earn his spot on the team. Um, also, a fourth round pick, not unlike Sharif Miller. I almost wonder, you know, so the Eagles weren't able to store uh, Miller on Phantom IR, which would have been nice. Maybe they can still, you know, like maybe maybe Miller gets hurt, quote unquote, in practice. Like he stubs his toe really bad in practice and something happens. Like that kind of happened with Pumphrey back in 2017. So, uh, that's something to keep an eye on, I guess, because, you know, Miller's not going to play this year. Like you, You're not playing. as a, He's not going to be active as a sixth defensive end. Right. Um, so that's that's kind of like if you're ranking the guys on the roster, like he's definitely down by like 53. So he's one mm-hmm. of those bottom guys. Let's go to the other part of the defensive line here. The interior defensive line, the defensive tackles are going to keep four. Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, the free agent signing there. Timmy Jernigan, who is returned and looking healthy, looking absolutely fantastic. And then Hassan Ridgeway, who has been excellent in preseason. They traded for him during the draft. I consider him a draft pick. He's under 25. That is the unit right there. Any thoughts on that defensive tackle rotation? It feels like Trayvon Hester right there was probably a surprise cut for me. The Eagles were so deep at the position in preseason just really shine through when the second and third units got in there. The Eagles defensive line was just eating. So I would say that Hester is definitely a surprise for me. What about you, BLG? Yeah, that one's a little bit of a bummer. Um, you know, just he was a playoff year. You know, he, he blocked Cody Parkey's pick, uh, kick and he gave us the awesome double doink moment. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, and he, he really kind of, the Bears, Bears are still trying to get over I, this. Still, they, I think maybe they have to sign him as like some kind of karmic, <laughs> you know, thing. Like they need to like undo the curse or whatever. But uh, yeah. it's it's a bummer to see him go. I just thought he had played well in defense too. Like for coming in the middle of the season, being this guy they picked up, like he was a solid what what like third or fourth defensive tackle on the roster. Mm. Um, so it's it's a bummer to see that happen. That's also like a little bit frustrating in the long term sense because like he's a restricted free agent after this year. So you easily could just re-sign him cheap again next year, whereas uh, Hassan Ridgeway will be an unrestricted free agent after this year. So like you're either gonna have to like pay him or you know whatever. Like it's not gonna be as simple potentially, depending on what his market is and everything. Uh, but it's it's you know if that's one of your biggest concerns, like it's really not that big of an issue. I think uh, the fact that the Eagles only kept four defensive tackles, as Howie Roseman said. Like he said, we can read into that and and say that is a good sign for Fletcher Cox, who hasn't really practiced yet. Yes, uh, playing in Week One, so that's a huge deal. Like, yeah, just the implications of that. Because uh, I, I, part of the reason I wanted to keep Hester too is I, I felt like okay, Cox is coming off injury. 
Jimmy Jernigan almost literally had his career end last year. Like just, you know, having that fifth guy would have been nice as a little bit extra insurance. But the fact that the Eagles didn't keep him kind of, I think, bodes well for Cox. And uh, I think they're still pretty stacked at that position. And look, Hester is practice squad eligible. Now, I I think someone will claim him on waivers. I think he'll find a home because he's he's a pretty solid player as a, again, the third or fourth defensive tackle for some team out there. But if he doesn't, I mean, hey, it'd be great to have him back on the practice squad. Absolutely. Let's go to the second level of the defense. You're looking at six linebackers, which was a bit of a surprise. And there's a guy that included in there that we kind of were kind of waffling on me and Ben were too. But Nigel Bradham, Camus Grugier-Hill, Zach Brown, free agent addition late in the process here. Nate Gary, who I'm not thrilled about. LJ Fort, the free agent addition, who I loved. And then TJ Edwards, the UDFA linebacker from Wisconsin, who impressed during rookie minicamp, and I guess has impressed the Eagles throughout the process. I'm surprised that they kept that they kept six BLG. I'm thinking of the opposite of the Fletcher Cox thing. And it's like, okay, so if they only kept four, because <laughs> they feel Cox is good. Yeah. Well, what does it say if they're keeping six and Nigel yeah. Bradham still isn't really fully back and Kamu is definitely not playing week one. Make, make, a, make a prediction right now. Who is the start? Because Nickel is the new base. Who are the starting mm-hmm. two linebackers in week one? Yeah, I mean, I feel like Nigel is going to try to play. So mm-hmm. like, I feel bad for downing him. So I guess I'm saying Nigel. Uh. And um, uh, Zach Brown, <laughs> Zach Brown okay. here, yeah. uh, maybe on yeah. early downs, and then Ford or Gary on the on the later downs. I think they'll Something rotate like no matter what the case is. Even if even yeah. even if Adam is back, like maybe he's not ready to play 100 percent of the snaps. And, you know, yeah. maybe they kind of put kids count a little bit there, and they really mix like all those guys in, like you said, like like Ford and Gary and uh, Zach Brown. Yeah, all of those guys. Uh, yeah, like they did when uh, Hicks was a little banged up and came back last yes. year. They were still giving some of his coverage snaps to Bradham, so that makes sense. Yeah, so I think we'll see a rotation there. Um, they kept six. The big one there, obviously, is – well, first of all, you know, a lot of people wanted Nate Gary cut uh, as yourself, Mike, I'm sure, and Ben. And, but, like, the coaching staff liked him, so that was yeah. really never, like, in question to me. Uh, he's, he's And he's gotten, like, a lot of first-team reps in the offseason. So even if we don't like him, like, it, it just never was, like, a thing that I'm going to start to campaign for just in the sense of like it was not realistic to me that he was getting cut. So I'm not surprised by that. Even though it's at the cost of losing CFL stud Alex Singleton, who apparently has a decision to make now. Yeah, so that's an interesting one. So it looked like, you know, it was going to be between Edwards or Singleton, and it's clearly the Eagles kept Edwards, which I – I like I, I think they're looking at it in the framework of okay, Singleton is more ready to help us now. I think that's mm. pretty clear, especially on defense and special teams. But he's also going to turn twenty six this year. Whereas T J Edwards just turned twenty three, I think, earlier in training camp. So he's younger, they think he has more upside. Um, you know, he's on this rookie deal. So or undrafted rookie free agent deal. So I think that's kind of the thinking there. And uh, with Singleton, yeah, it's an interesting situation because unlike a lot of guys who get cut, like he has jobs in the CFL probably waiting for him. Like he's, yeah. he seemed pretty confident about that. With the Stampede, I think they were saying that he absolutely does have, yes. that, have that job if he wants it. And the thing with him is like maybe if the money is similar, which I don't know. I don't know what CFL players get paid off no the top clue. of my head. <laughs> yeah, but uh, wow. So whatever it is, I, even, but even if the it's some kind of similar, like he might just want to play, you know, and not like just practice the you know, practice like he want he loves to play the game so he wants to go out and actually like be this canadian super you know hero like super football hero up there as opposed to like being some practice squad who doesn't even get in the game action so that'll be an interesting decision if i'm the eagles i would try to offer singleton like roster money and keep him on the practice squad because you know with with kamu banged up and bradham you know coming off of this injury 
and like and you can by the way there's no limit on like practice money you can give to players so like just pay the money and keep him around because i think it would be nice to have him as an extra depth piece he was great on special teams maybe you you know you get injured or your special teams unit you kind of need a boost there and you sign them up to the roster at some point so i would like them to spend the money and keep alex singleton around on the practice squad Hey, more breaking news. Mike Garofalo, the Dolphins are getting a massive haul of picks back from the Texans. They're trading them Laramie Tunsil, of course. The Texans are giving up, as I expected, two first-round picks and a second rounder. Wow. <laughs> so, okay, let's 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 break this down and stop for a second and oh then we'll reset gosh. and go back to the defensive backfield because this is ridiculous. The Texans are giving up two first-round picks and a second rounder. Now, I want you to keep in mind, when the Texans were sitting there at 22, and they could have moved up to get their guy in Andre Dillard, it would have cost them around a fourth rounder. Instead of spending that fourth rounder, and even if you throw in a six like the Eagles did, instead of spending that fourth rounder to somebody ahead of them to make sure that they locked up Dillard, who nobody expected to drop in the draft, instead of pouncing on that... Now, to get a tackle in Tunsil, who might not even be as good as Dillard, Tunsil's not like a top five tackle in the league, by the way. Like, he's pretty good, but he's not a top guy. They're sending two first-round picks and a second-rounder versus just sending a fourth to move up in the draft. How bad did Howie get him on this? It's like they're resetting their entire franchise over one trade-up caused by the Eagles. And also, of course, the fact that they tried to tag Jadavion Clowney as a linebacker when he's an edge rusher, and that's whole, that whole, whole situation there. But this, this is wild to me, BLG. And this and this is why I laugh when people say that Howie doesn't do enough, because he did that in the draft and pretty much ruined an entire franchise and got their general manager fired. So, and the Texans wasted an extra first-round pick on, uh, the, who's the guy they drafted? It's the Titus tackle. Howard, who's been yeah. playing at guard. <laughs> so, like, like, that compounds everything, because it's yeah. like, okay, we missed Three out on first the tackle. Rounders. Yeah, exactly. You have to you have to count that in there because like if they just it's like, OK, you know, we didn't get our tackle, but let's draft this good. I, don't, I forget who was available, but like whoever, you know, let's say they took some player. Well, let's say like Marquise Brown, right? Marquise Hollywood Brown. Brown. Yep. Because they just traded for Kenny Stills. So then you could have had Marquise Brown <laughs> and then you didn't have to trade with Denny, Kenny Stills. Oh, my gosh. Like this is this is bad DMing like one on one. I feel like this is just like textbook. Like And then uh, a friend of the podcast, Noah Becker, points out here like. Uh, Adam Schefter tweets, uh, wow, the Texans are remaking their roster here on cutdown day. And Noah Becker is like, yeah, as the good teams do at the end of August, <laughs> remake their roster. Yeah, like this is not really, you know, the precedent for success right. here. Like let's let's reshape the team eight days before the season. <laughs> It's, it's it's so wild. So that's the Texans are just going bonkers right now. The timeline, it literally shut my timeline down when the when the clowny stuff started to drop. It was saying that too many people were on Twitter. I couldn't read my mentions. It was like Twitter, but like really good because I'd never run to read the mentions. It was fantastic. But okay, are are we ready to go to the defensive backs? BLG, anything else there? Can we move on? Uh, I think I'm we're astounded. Good. Okay, let's let's go to cornerback. Let's go with five, by the way, which is kind of surprising, but you do have Jalen Mills starting out on the pup list. So there's a little bit of that in there, too. But Ronald Darby, Avanti Maddox, Sidney Jones, Rasul Douglas and Craven LeBlanc. Obviously, Orlando Skandrick, uh, his era has ended, but they can always kind of bring him back after week one or whatever they want to do. But any surprises with the quarterback group? I think the most noteworthy thing about the cornerback is the Eagles seem to feel confident that Ronald Darby is going to play week one, right? That's because, kind of how I felt, yeah. Because if you really look at this, I mean, Craven's not playing week one, so the only healthy corners on their <laughs> roster are Darby, 
Maddox, Sidney Jones, and Razul Douglas. Right. If Darby wasn't ready to play week one, then you are only activating three cornerbacks on your week one team, which is not a very good idea. I feel like that's not realistic. You can't go into a game with three corners because what happens if someone gets hurt? What are you going to do, like not play nickel or something? Or I don't know. Uh, so that that's, that's doesn't seem great to me uh, if Darby isn't ready to play, play week one. I think that he is. I think they made the right move with Skandrick because like you didn't need to guarantee his salary for right. this season. And I, and I, cause you're probably going to cut him later back whenever you get strapped back or, and, or Jalen Mills, like you can just get rid of Skandrick at that point. So uh, that, that made sense to me. And I'm, I'm pretty sure like Skandrick's going to resign. I'm sure they kind of worked that out with him. The Eagles are probably like, Hey, you know, stick around in Philly for the next week. Hmm. We'll bring you back. Uh, after and they can clear a roster spot for him by putting strap on IR, you know. Yeah. So I think that's all probably going to work out. And then I think it's important to have him too, because for as much as like he didn't look amazing or whatever in camp in the preseason, he's still a backup nickel for this team who doesn't have a backup nickel truly because strap is hurt. So I think that's fine. I think they'll bring him back after week one. But yeah, the biggest thing to me there is that there seems to be confidence in Darby playing week one. And that's important. Yeah, I agree with all of that. And my mind's still trying to wrap around the fact that the Texas paid a quarterback price for a tackle. And that quarterback <laughs> price is going to go to the Dolphins. They're going to tank this year because they're going to be bad and they're going to get like two or, or, or whatever. Did anyway, you see this, Mike, <laughs> no. uh, Adam Schefter is saying the Texans get Laramie Tunsil, which we know. Yeah. And I guess Kenny Stills too, right? Uh, and the Dolphins get two first round picks and one second round pick. We've already said that at this point. And I'm also seeing he's tweeting, there will be more involved. So I don't really know what that even means. Um, <laughs> that's the Texans, to be honest with you. I don't even know what that means, but oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, I, I just, I'm sorry. I keep going back to that. It's the Eagles podcast, but this is just absolutely bonkers. Okay. Let's go safety. Cause uh, there is a surprise there for me. They kept five. Ben was right in away. Ben had them keeping four. He did have them keeping Rudy four. Forward. So there's Malcolm Jenkins, Rodney McLeod, Andrew Sandejo, Rudy Ford, but then also Jonathan Cyprian sticks on the roster as well. Did you see this coming, BLG? Because I don't think I, I saw them keeping five. Yeah, that's a surprise. Uh, good call by Ben. It's the only time I'll give him credit in my entire <laughs> life. Uh, good job, Ben. This one time only. Uh, Cyprian, you know, it seemed like with him not playing on Thursday night, it seemed like, you know, they were going to keep him around. And then Rudy Ford is just, you know, that's that was just so hard to predict in the sense of like, we didn't see this guy play or practice at all. Yeah, but but Howie Roseman is really talking him up, by the way, in his his uh, press conference after the final cuts today. He basically said like he said something to the effect of Eagles fans will see what we liked about him on special mm -hmm. teams when he gets healthy. He has some kind of foot issue, I think, which is why he didn't play uh, against the Jets. So it seems like I don't I don't even know like when he's going to be back. It seems he has some kind of minor injury, but something that that I don't even know if he'll be ready for Week One. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. But ultimately, they kept five. And I guess now's a good time to talk about the comp pick thing, Mike, uh, <laughs> since we're talking about Andrew Sindehu here, who I think the Eagles definitely uh, should have kept. That's not the question to me. And even with LJ Port, I definitely think they should have kept those guys, especially where they are at this stage. Yeah. I think the argument is, as and Ben really made another good point here. So, okay, so this is the second time <laughs> I'll give him credit. Careful. Uh, I know it's dangerous territory uh, where, you know, like if the Eagles had drafted better or addressed the safety position better, they wouldn't be in a spot now where they're basically losing two fourth round picks. They could have gotten because they're keeping Fort and Sendejo on the right. roster because yeah. Yeah, Jordan, this is, this is all very confusing, especially if you don't follow comp picks. Uh, <laughs> but basically that's so the Eagles, if the 49ers would have kept Jordan Matthews on their roster, which they didn't, the Eagles would have gotten at least one fourth round compensatory pick. 
likely just the one. So but the, the fact that they didn't keep Jordan Matthews means that the Eagles signings of both LJ Fort and Anderson Deho are now counting out, like they're canceling out rather, yeah. the losses of both Golden Tate and Jordan Hicks. Mm-hmm. So the only compensatory pick the Eagles are going to get now, probably, it's all projected, is the third round pick they, they'll get for losing Nick Foles. So right. like that's just a bummer to me. And we kind of talked about this, I think, on an earlier podcast this offseason, Mike. And like I want to say, I want to like clarify, this is not the biggest deal. I'm not saying Harry Roseman should be fired. I'm not saying that. But like I think it's when you're grading him, like if you're giving Howie Roseman a grade, I don't think you give him an A plus on the whole offseason when you see like, okay, there's a bl- or even if not that, but like if you're putting things in like the, the pro and con column, like this is something I would put as a negative. I just think like to me, I feel like there had to be a way where you could have addressed safety depth and linebacker depth without spending two fourth round picks. Like I don't think that's so crazy to say. Like I, I think yeah. there are plenty of teams who can address those things without using both of those. And even if you wanted to do like one of those two things, like you needed a fourth for one of those two things, like fine, I'll allow that. But like two, I just, I think it's a little much. Is it the end of the world? No, it's not. It's just, I think it's worth talking about though. And I think it's worth bringing up. Now here's the thing too. If the 49ers let they get past week one, they can bring him back. And that's something that NFL teams are doing right now. They can bring him back. If he plays 10 games, then he will still count against this formula. And all of this could mean nothing, but I, yep. mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Kemp Kemsky told me that on the timeline after I was tweeting, mm. tweeting somewhat recklessly. So there yeah. is that in place. So the Eagle, the 49ers could bring him back. If he plays 10 games, he would not count against the formula, and the Eagles would get that fourth-round pick back. But I, but I agree with Ben to a degree because this is something that me and him, especially in the lead-ups to the draft, you know, we have talked about for the last couple of years, draft a safety. Just just draft one. And, and I like Sendejo, and I'd rather have Sendejo right now than a late fourth-round pick if we're coming into the season you're asking me which one do I prefer? I prefer Sandejo. I think he's a good player and a solid third safety. But the fact is that they kind of ignored that position going into this whole process before they got Sandejo. And then they also brought in Corey Graham that they thought it was a thought was a fix. And Corey Graham was bad for them. And it was it was a bad, you know, a, a deal of talent evaluation. And then also dealing with future holes. And, you know, you, Malcolm Jenkins is getting up there in age. Rodney McLeod isn't exactly the most healthy player right now, although I hope he's fully returned to health because he would be great for this defense as he is. But there's a lot of question marks in the air because they had to restructure his contract as well. So I do agree with Ben there that the Eagles could have done a better job of dealing with the third safety position. And it may end up costing them some extra picks, some extra swings at the bat. At the same time, I do feel like the comp cult is getting a little out of control (laughs) right now. But, you know, we'll we'll see how that works out as as this progresses. We'll see if the 49ers bring back Matthews. Uh, Let's go to the last part of this roster here and we'll get out of here. Kicker. Jake Elliott makes the roster, of course. <laughs> Punter Cameron Johnston makes the roster. And long snapper Rick Lovato, no surprises there. BLG, any last thoughts before we get out of here? So we'll just note again that Jalen Mills is on the pup list, which yep. means he cannot return. Uh, well, the earliest he can return, I'll, I'll phrase it, is week seven. So he's definitely going to miss. He has to miss the first six weeks. It's not a guarantee. He will be activated week seven. They could do it later than that. But at the very earliest, Jalen Mills could be back is week seven. So we'll see how that situation goes. Um, Joe Osman, Richard Rogers, and Charles Johnson are your three players on injured reserve. Uh, the Rogers thing was a little noteworthy because there was some thought that the Eagles might put him on the 53-man roster and then put him on IR and then try mm-hmm. to bring him back like they did last year. Or, which is still possible now, they could waive him with an injury settlement and try to bring him back after, like I think it's like eight or six weeks or something like they, they can't re-sign him until after that period so 
So we'll see how that goes as they try to figure out their third tight end spot. And then the last thing I'll say is that practice squad will be formed uh, sometime after 1 p.m. on Sunday tomorrow Mm -hmm. of this recording, September 1st. So we'll see which 10 players the Eagles sign there. We'll also see uh, the waiver claims. Those will be announced uh, or they'll be leaked out at some point after noon on Sunday. So we'll see how the Eagles do there as well. And uh, if I can I do that, a quick programming note on that, I'm going to yes. do a, I'm going to throw up an at the podium with Howie Roseman from when he spoke today. Uh, I'm going to record on that tomorrow after we get some more clarity on the situations of which you just spoke. So I'll have some updates there as well. So don't miss that either. Yep. So basically the Eagles, you know, roster isn't set in stone by any means. They'll make yeah. some tweaks here and there. This The team will definitely Gotta get a tight a end. Bit, <laughs> you got to get a tight end. It'll look a little bit different than it does right now against next week washington week one which again michael is only eight days oh. away until mm-hmm. the eagles play washington at the link one o'clock deshaun jackson 75 yard touchdown reception Boom. first play of the game from carson wentz it's gonna be a beautiful thing we all we got we all we need fly eagles fly P-G-N. canva presents stories to keep you up at night It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. But that's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. (laughs) I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work.